My next guest is Maria Skovepile. Maria is leading the European Customer Success Team at the productivity platform ClickUp. She's building and scaling a high-performing success team with a main emphasis on culture, personal and professional well-being. As probably many of you already know, Maria is also the founder of Women in Customer Success podcast, providing a platform for women to connect, inspire and champion each other. She's committed to bringing remarkable ladies to the show from all career stages and backgrounds. She'll be telling us more about her journey next. Join me and let's open that toolbox. Asking the questions they want to find out more about, but they are also ready to hear different perspectives and take actions. I think that's kind of the most important part, that proactiveness and curiosity, being open to hear and try new things. Well, the crossover episode is here. Maria, welcome to CSM Toolbox. Thank you, Isabel. Thanks for having me. It is certainly a pleasure. So I'm, I'm even thinking that I won't be needing to do an introduction for this episode <laughs> of who Maria actually is. So maybe on that note, if you can tell the audience... What problem is ClickUp trying to solve? Mm, that's an interesting question. Thank you. Yeah, so as I'm leading European success team at ClickUp, I'm very happy to talk about it. ClickUp is one app to replace them all. So when you think, where do people you're working with spend majority of their time, really? It seems that there is always a constant shift between emails, documents, spreadsheets, Slack, CRM some other different apps, some different documents or company wiki or different project management tools, you name it. I think everybody have been there just using so many different tools to get their work done. And ClickUp recognized it as a problem. So ClickUp is a platform that will really allow you to work on your tasks and documents and communicate across different departments, even with customers, everything within one single app. So obviously you can reduce the shifting and you can just run the whole company from one single platform. I'm a fan of tools. I know a lot of <laughs> customer success <laughs> managers are also anything that will actually enable us and makes our life easier. But definitely there are a lot of tools out there. So even when you're listing all of those, I <laughs> I think when we think about it, it's a, a bit, it can get a bit crazy. So yeah, it's definitely quite a use case that ClickUp is solving. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm also one of those people who really love different apps and tools. And there are so many of those inspirational in the world. Loads of apps that we like using. But yeah, thinking of making the world more productive, ClickUp did come with that idea of let's put it all in one place so you can actually use the time to do productive work, to be efficient. And with the rest of your time, just spend it with other things you enjoy in life. Anything that can give us time back, I think it's always appreciated for sure. So yeah, well, as I said uh, at the start, I, uh, I mean, obviously I will do an introduction about you, but I'm just thinking as well and just looking back at episodes that you have done at other podcasts, I have always been curious about how did the Women in Customer Su Success podcast come about? Well, thanks for that question. Initially. I wanted to highlight remarkable women in the industry to showcase their career journeys, their experience, 
any challenges, wins, successes that they had, and in that way, inspire thousands of other women within the industry who are looking to, you know, either develop their careers, get inspiration, or, or even break into the industry. But then, so, so it was now around two years ago since I started the podcast, but a few months before that, I got some information through, through some event about the gender diversity in customer success. And it was really a shocking data that showed that from 60% of women who are starting in the industry as CSM level, only 30% of them actually reach senior leadership level. So directorship, VP or anything above. And there was obviously a huge question, what happens with all these women in between? Why are they not able to progress in that career? Why are men actually progressing to those leadership positions if so many more women are, are starting it out? So among so many possible different reasons, I realized that there is probably a need for showcasing women role models so others could really have access to their experiences, mentorship, expertise, and really learn from them. Because if you don't have enough role models in the place where you want to be, you may not even thinking about those positions always. And then not to even mention how at that time, so we are talking about a little bit over two years ago, there were still mostly manual or all male panels on loads of different occasions and events, which I have noticed. So there was just really a need to focus on women within the industry. And I liked how the movement grew and expanded and how so many other initiatives came out of it. But as I was in my previous work experiences, I was always involved within women networks. Just realizing that there wasn't one in customer success yet also gave me the idea, well, this is probably what we need. I was surprised there wasn't any, but then when I started it, the network came about naturally as well as as continuation of those conversations that we had within the podcast. So yeah, almost two years ago, very, very happy with the opportunity to speak with so many amazing women. That's one of the things that now people are thinking a bit more. It's good to have career progression and benefits and all of that. But I think it's just now it has opened up as well, looking at, well, do they have a diversity and inclusion person in that company? Are there groups internally that can actually address that? I would agree. It's almost like opening the whole can of worms, right? Because now people are <laughs> yeah. so much more aware of all the kinds of different diversities, of course, there is not only gender diversity that's important in the workplace. And with pandemics, with a more emphasis on future of work, different work-related options, I feel that everybody are really paying much closer attention now more than ever before on the overall package of the organization. What do they stand for? You know, thinking about the great resignation that was happening and probably still happening. It's all about what are the values of the companies that are projected outside for all of us individuals to find it attractive to join them. As you said, different levels of diversities, seeing who is taking part in which event, seeing what are they highlighting, what are those values and great things that they're doing for their employees is becoming much more important than ever before. Also, that perhaps is a good segue. I know, as you mentioned with the Women in Customer Success podcast, you have had not only it came with it, that movement, expanding your network, having great conversations with us as listeners learning from them as well, learning from you too. I did an episode on reciprocal mentoring and sometimes it's known also as co-mentoring. So, I mean, those conversations that you have had or even you in your career, I'm curious to know what will you look for 
in a mentor, but also in a mentee, because I'm sure a lot of people come to you now. What would you look for in a mentor and in a mentee? Firstly, I do feel that, well, all of my guests are in a way mentors for me because I've been learning so much from the conversation, the whole engagement that I had with them. So I, I feel extremely you know, blessed with that opportunity. And when I'm looking for a mentor, it really has to be someone that I admire it can be on many different you know levels of of admiration either based on what they have achieved in their career their career progressions the types of roles or maybe the types of organizations they worked and uh, with it it comes their experience and exposure to those different types of environment so i would like to have someone to to learn from mostly about the things that i never was exposed to so everything that they could show me from their world that didn't exist for me. That that's something that's extremely important for me. But then I also think how a mentor is not only only one person. You know, someone you are working with now from a particular period of time. It can happen, and you can work on particular skills development or you know a project that you're working. But I have more of approach that you can have different mentors for different things. If I admire someone based on you know their capability to arrange different customer success structure in the organization, I can go to them and ask for advice in that area. If I want an area of advice in career development or maybe personal brand development, I may go to someone else. So I feel that now we have so much more abilities to look for more specific mentors in different things. It doesn't have to be only within one person. And then what am I looking for in a, in a mentee? The most important part is really taking initiatives. I do have few mentees who I think are incredible. You can see that they're doing their due diligence, you know, setting agendas, asking the questions they want to find out more about. But they're also ready to hear different perspectives and take actions. I think that's kind of the most important part, that proactiveness and curiosity, being open to hear and try new things. Because I think that, you know, obviously mentors can help a lot with their experience and exposure, showing resources or, or their networks. There are so many things mentors can help, but none of it can actually result in any real changes unless the mentees take actions and stay curious about those different approaches. So seeing that someone is open for it, that they are looking for answers, but very happy to explore even very different perspectives, that's very important. I think that those relationships have to be you know, really led by mentees and not, not them expecting to hear you know, from someone else what would be a good solution for them. They need to be open for it, to receive it. Yeah, I do agree. And even when I have been, I have been in both situations as a mentor and as a mentee. And I think, as you said, if in particular, if the mentee is open, if they do have to take the initiative, I think it's a lot of, especially now, perhaps where now conferences are coming back, but let's say, I don't know, uh, even a few years back uh, before a remote environment existed, I think it was maybe sending someone, uh, I would refer to LinkedIn, just a LinkedIn message to someone to contact or through a Slack community as well. I think it's, it is, as, as you said, too, from a mentor perspective, if you're looking someone that perhaps will have more experience setting up teams at a startup versus some other topic of your interest, it's also to doing that research and approaching the person and you as a mentor you also have to make time for it so I think it is that commitment from both sides 
Absolutely. But I also want to say how it seems that now it's it's never been easier to find a mentor for particular topics than it is today. Really, with so many different communities, even only within customer success, different Slack channels, as you mentioned, or just directly on LinkedIn, you can really find out who is good at what, what are they doing on a daily basis, and you can reach out to them for help. And that doesn't have to be, you know, mentorship relationship from few months. It can even really be a one-off amazing conversation filled with different advice and questions questions answered. You have done different talks for different summits, CS summits, and there was actually one that you touched on the importance of personal branding and customer success. And as well, you mentioned the personal brand pyramid by Jennifer Holloway. So if you could please tell our audience a bit more about this. Ah, Personal brand is one of my favorite topics. I do believe because now it's becoming more and more important much more prominent. It seems that everybody are talking about it. But then what do we even think about personal branding? What is it? And there is a kind of common definition that I think Jeff Bezos says, that personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So what does it mean? It it is your image. It is the way you communicate, but it could be so much more. And what I really found great resource by Jennifer Holloway in her book is that brand pyramid. When she says how your brand is made up of so many different ingredients. All of it together makes who you are. And those ingredients packaged together are actually your brand. So which are those ingredients? And it's really like a pyramid because you're starting from the basics and that's really the values. So what are the principles you live by? And then the drivers, what are the things that are important to you and that motivates you? Reputation. What is it that you are known for? What do people associate when they hear your name? Then moving up the pyramid is behaviors. What's your personality and your character? You know, are you positive, enthusiastic, calm, diligent? So many different types of behaviors. And then what are your skills and strengths, your natural talents, the things that you excel at? And all of it together is really packaged within that image, which is at the top of pyramid. And that's something that is mostly visible to everybody else. How do you convey all of those things into the way that you sound, you act, you look? So what is the actual packaging? That image is the packaging of your brand. And your brand is made up of all of those different things. So from values, drivers, reputation, behaviors, etc. So what we see at the inside is just the top of the iceberg. But if you want to really, I'm not even saying create your brand because we all have our brand, whether you want to do something with it or not is different thing. But it's not just the image that we project, although that is the result of us putting all of those ingredients together. And that's mostly what other people see. I find it interesting because I do feel we often have misconceptions about personal branding. Oh, it's, you know, how do you write on LinkedIn or it's it's what do you write or how often you write or any of those things, which is only very little part of it. It's just a little part of how do you present yourself? What is that overall image? What is the tone of your voice and the way of your communication? But your brand is so much more starting from values and drivers. And I think that's extremely important. When someone finds out those things about themselves, then that packaging, that image is really just the result of your authenticity of who you actually are and how you present it to others. 
Yeah, I really like the fact that if it highlights that authenticity and perhaps more prominent that, again, we are meeting people virtually and there is this environment and thankfully we'll have the chance as well to meet up face to face. I have seen more the emphasis on that personal branding in any social media. I think it's just providing that value with either your content or at your company wherever that might be, where I think, as you said, is that authenticity that in the end will shine through. Absolutely. And however, it is very now kind of easy for us to think we are projecting our personal brand on social media because people can see it. But there is so much importance of your own personal brand within your own organization that is often not happening online. And that's especially where all of those values and different drivers and behaviors and reputation come into the place. Because especially in customer success, you are working with all the other departments. And just by working with other people, you are continuously projecting those things. And and they form their own picture of yourself, which doesn't have to be nothing even similar to what is your kind of online persona, online picture. That's why I'm saying we all have personal branding. Just by working with others, they can see that around you. And that's why it's important to nurture it and to be authentic in everything that you do. So it's always, you know, one Everybody can always form that authentic image of you. And it, it it's not very different based on the platforms. I totally agree. And well, something that I like to ask all of my guests, I'm sure there are quite a few. So what's in your toolbox? What mobile or web app you cannot live without? And it can be work and not work related. Firstly is Monzo. Just love it. Use it for ages. And then I have a few of those financial ones, which are Plum and trading 212. I just love them all. I, I, I mostly use it for fun. I can't live with them. That That's it. Uh, and then Waze. Again, wherever I go, Waze will tell me the way. And then RunKeeper. I love running and I always use it to record my runs. Yeah, those are, are great tools. And well, I'm sure people reach out to you all the time, but just in case if there are folks out there that might want to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Probably the quickest one is LinkedIn. Just find me on LinkedIn as Maria Scobepile or even Women in Customer Success Podcast. And yeah, we can get in touch. Very happy to meet your audience as well. Great. Thank you so much, Maria. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you, Isabel. The pleasure was mine. Esse podcast foi editado por Aerolitos, edição inteligente.